right, Brian Johnson, Mike Rubin here with episode 99. I guess you could say we're going to party like it's episode <laughs> 99 here on Viking 360 and talking Viking football season opener. We uh, talk about our game coming up with the Brook Bruins. I know you had a conversation with uh, offensive coordinator Ryan Simon. I talked with... Uh, Former Viking quarterback Rod Lanham, who played in that first Ripley-Brook game uh, back in 1986. And we talked with uh, a couple of guys who have double duty on Friday nights. Uh, Jacob Torres and Carter Thacker are members of the Viking football team, and they are members of the Viking marching band. Yeah, a lot of excitement, Rube, uh, around Viking football. And uh, we had those good conversations with them, but then I also had a chance to sit down and talk with another person who was instrumental in, in uh, Viking uh, having Viking Ripley High School having soccer, and that's Josh Gerald. Uh, and uh, we reflected on his career and his family's involvement uh, with Viking soccer, so it was great sitting down with him. Also a chat with volleyball head coach Brenda Moore. Uh, she's really excited about her young team and, and what they're going to be able to accomplish this season. And the sponsor for the podcast is RipleyVikings.com. You can go there for all of your Viking apparel and use the coupon code VIKING360 and you can get uh, 15% off your next order. Good, uh, great merchandise, Rube. I picked my stuff up uh, the other day. I think you probably have too. Super excited to have that added to the collection and I encourage everyone to, to go check them out. You know, when Viking fans wear their emotion on their sleeves, <laughs> chances are they get that sleeve from RipleyViking.com. Absolutely. Let's get started. All right, we have a little double duty here as we interview two Vikings, and they also have double duty on Friday evening as they'll play football with the Vikings and also be marching with the, with the Viking marching band. So we're with uh, Jacob Torres and Carter Thacker. Uh, thanks for being with us, guys. No problem. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, yes, Jacob, sir. tell me a little bit what you what is your role uh, on the football field offensively and defensively? Well, offensively, I play guard, so I'm on the line blocking. Defensively, I play defensive end and nose guard, so just getting through the line, taking up as many spots as possible, making it easier for the linebackers to make some tackles. Okay, and for you, Carter? Well, on offense, I'm a wide receiver. On defense, I play cornerback. Okay, now let's move to the band a little bit, the halftime show. Tell me how that's going to work uh, when when halftime ends and the band gets ready to march on the field. Well, for away games, since we're playing first, everything stays on. We just take our helmets off, get our instruments, get out in the field and perform our show. Okay, and now, Carter, tell us a little bit about uh, this year's competition show. Well, uh, we've got about, see the songs, we got, it's technically five parts. It's all caught turning the tables. The songs are, we got a part one, part two, part three, part four transition, and a part four. What do you think about the show? Is this something that uh, you think the fans are going to enjoy? Yes, sir, I think they will. Good deal. So why do, why do you decide to do both guys? I'll ask you individually. It would be easier just to pick one or the other, but you guys uh, take it upon yourselves to do both football and band. Why do you do that? Well, I've been doing band since the beginning, as soon as I could start. I've been doing football since I was at least six years old, and I just came to enjoy them both. I thought, why choose when I can do both? Good deal. Carter, how about you? Well, I'm right there with them. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks a lot, and good luck on Friday night, both in the game and at halftime. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. 
The Ripley Vikings and the Brook Bruins will get together on Friday evening in Wellsburg. It will be the season opener in football for both of the teams. Ripley and Brook have met six times over the history of the series, with the Bruins leading by a 4-2 margin. Ironically, uh, Brook won all four of its games in postseason play. They defeated the Vikings 20-10 in 1986, 42-14 in 1987, 27-14 in 1989, and 34-14 in 2009. The Vikings have won the last two meetings, both in regular season play, Ripley winning 42-14 in 2018 and 33-9 in 2019. They were not able to play uh, last year due to the COVID situation. The Vikings will meet the Bruins Friday in Wellsburg. That game will be heard on C98. Rod Lanham, quarterback, Viking football in 1986. Now a member of the Viking Football Hall of Fame, Lanham remembers how dominant the Brook Bruins were on their way to winning a Class AAA state championship that season. Brook High School was a uh, football nemesis of Ripley. Back in the 80s, they knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs in 86, 87, and 89. And the uh, one of the players on that 86 team was none other than Rod Lanham, our guest here on the podcast. Rod, thanks for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime, anytime. Glad to be here. So, Rod, tell me uh, about your memories of playing the Bruins uh, back in those early playoff games. Wow, that was uh, that was some big, 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 big time back then. Uh, when uh, we first found out we were going to be playing Brook in the second round after beating Martinsburg, uh, it come to reality. Brook actually had three kids that were Division One players, John Brown, uh, Nate Schweitzer, which was a quarterback back then, a, a great quarterback to throw the ball 70 yards in the air. Matter of fact, that Morgantown threw the ball out of the stadium from the 50-yard line, out into the stands, I mean. Uh, but uh, it was a big feat. Uh, my senior year, we were the first time as Ripley, as Ripley as a triple A ever adventuring into the playoffs and won our first game. And here we come against Brooks, whose defensive line was bigger than any kid we had on the football field. Uh, our offensive line, I think, averaged 189 pounds, and theirs was about 6'3 to 6'5, about 285. Well, Ron, I was writing for the Jackson Herald at the time, and I think that my article uh, described the Brook linemen as they re- resembled a 1972 Buick. They were about the same size. <laughs> Exactly. It would be the same size as a, as a Buick. Uh, it was a, one of the biggest football teams we faced all season. Matter of fact, um, we had run an option on about the 35-yard line, and I faked a, pick, a pitch, and John Brown hit me from behind, and Segley, uh, Matt Segley, the linebacker Division One player, uh, he decided to break me in half and hit me from the front. <laughs> <laughs> and, knock, and knock me out cold, and Johnny Mann stepped in the next play and threw a 45-yard touchdown. <laughs> the, the score that first year was a 20 to 10, and and then the next year, we, in 1987, we played them, and I believe that game was played at Wheeling Island Stadium, and Brooke won that game also. And then in '89, uh, they prevailed by the score of uh, 27 to 14. But no doubt about it, that Brooke was the state of 
the high school football powerhouse of the late 80s. They were they were pretty hard to handle. Yes, we used to joke as kids on the team they had more coaches than we did athletes on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, they had a, they had a big time program at that time, and it was amazing. Ripley has actually defeated the Bruins the last two times that we've uh, met on the football field, both in the regular season. But, Rod, bring me up to date on you. I understand that uh, you are coaching some basketball. Bring us up to date on that a little bit. Yes, uh, I took a head coach's job last season at uh, Wood County Christian High School. Uh, I coached boys high school basketball. We have joined, they have joined the SSAC. Last year was the first year in the SSAC for us. Um, my high school only has 274 students totally, and uh, 66% are girls. I have to throw that in there because it's been a tough. We don't even have a uh, building a program there. It's looking well. We not right now even capable of having a JV program or even a freshman program. It's last year we played with nine kids and did well. Uh, a great school. Uh, I enjoy it, got uh, good backing, but it's uh, starting a process like Ripley's been doing, like back when I was coaching here in the middle school, trying to build a program for the future. So I find myself spending a lot of time with a lot of youngsters. Well, Rod, thank you very much for talking with me and reminiscing uh, about those playoff years in the 80s, and, and good luck to you. Well, thank you, sir, and I greatly appreciate you asking. He's now the voice of the Brooke Bruins, but Kevin Elias recalls the first football meeting between Ripley and Brooke in 1986. He was a senior in high school and the editor of the school newspaper. Welcome to our podcast from uh, Brooke High School in the Northern Panhandle. We welcome Kevin Elias. And Kevin, you have a, a long history with uh, Brooke High and, and, and the football program there at Brooke, I understand. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, well, I go back to 1986. I was in Brook High's graduating class then, and that's when we were capturing our first state championship during my senior year. Um, under the direction of then, you may know the quarterback is Jeff Schweitzer, and that was under one Paul Bud Billiard that we won our first state title. And I'll never forget, I was the editor for the school newspaper, The Babbling Brook, and I got permission to put out a special publication when we were making our playoff run and that publication still stands today and of course as you know that was coach Paul Bud Billiard's first run in the state title and the success continued for Brook High football after that unfortunately it's been a, a sad time here at Brook County because we lost Paul Bud Billiard this past year um, with his death and again another longtime coach Perry West who was under the um, Bud Billiard um, coaching uh, saga if you will. And that was Ripley's first venture into the playoffs was the 1986 year and they knocked off uh, a team from Martinsburg in a game played at uh, Mountaineer Field and then they uh, played Brook the very second the next week and uh, the Bruins put it to them and and they did several years after that so Brooke was sort of Ripley's nemesis in football back in the 80s and 90s. Absolutely. And Mike, as you and I are talking, it seems that these two teams and schools are mirroring each other once again. Uh, we have some young talent on both sides of the ball, very few seniors, and we have a lot of up-and-coming players. And uh, as the teams begin to grow and kind of resurface. 
and understand, do you have a new coach this year? Uh, no, so still Coach Mac McLean. He's been with the program for a few years as he's been turning the team around. Again, we're finding that our young talent coming up from the middle school has been producing and doing very well at the junior high level. So it's just a matter of time before we turn the tide and these players start to really contribute. We saw that the last two years. They've had a chance to get plenty of good playing experience, and we just hope that they can continue to grow on what they've already learned and accomplished well we look forward to the uh, trip up to uh, to brook county uh, on friday and you, it's such an impressive uh, high school facility that you have there and um, uh, you know really it looks like a small college uh, stadium as opposed to a high school true and it, of course it, it bears the name paul bud billiard field too that's great kevin thank you so much for talking with me and uh, we'll talk to you on friday all right thank you very much mike and Brooke have met six times on the football field, but none of those six games have really been very close. They've all been rather lopsided. The Vikings won the last two games, uh, winning by 28 points in 2018 and winning by 24 points in 2019. And uh, Brian Johnson had this conversation with Ripley Offensive Coordinator Ryan Simon. Joined now by... Uh like a 1991 graduate of Ripley High School, 1992 graduate. Okay, Ryan Simon, uh, our starting quarterback, my holder back in the day, now the offensive coordinator for the Viking football team. Ryan, thanks for being with me, man. Thank you, Brian. Tell me about this team offensively. Uh, you've been given the reins uh, to, you know, call what you want to call up to some degree. Coach Sayers got the final say on that, but um, man, you got some playmakers. You got a quarterback returning. Uh, you got a, a, a dynamic backfield and two guys that can run, catch, pass, you name it, block, throw, whatever they need to do. You got playmakers on the outside in Casto and Miller. You got Cummings uh, at tight end. You've got some weapons, Coach. Yeah, um, especially a quarterback. We, he, he's improved so much. Ty's done a great job. He's went to some camps, um, improved on his uh, mechanics. Uh, his reads are getting a whole lot better. He studied the offense really well. He's, he's a hard worker. Um, on the outside, we've got Elijah Miller and uh, Isaiah Casto that start out there. Uh, both guys are phenomenal athletes and playmakers. They could take it to the house at any point. And they did that last year, and they've done it uh, in practice and in games uh, so far this year. Uh, in the backfield, we got Brady Anderson, a fullback, young guy. who was quarterback a little bit last year um, and also plays starts the defensive end for us. Uh, Really good fullback. He's doing a great job as well. And then we got Joey Ramsey, um, what, about 800 yards last yeah. year, rushing uh, in nine games. So, yeah, he's he's a stud and uh, getting bigger, faster, and stronger and, and uh, finishing his runs better and, and really improving. I'm like every fan in the stands. Every time I see you all summer, I'm like, throw the football. You laugh at me. But, man, it's hard to think about, even with a quarterback that you got and receivers you have, it's hard to think about throwing the football when you got those two studs in the backfield. That's exactly right. I, I do think we'll do a little bit more uh, this year. You know, like I said, Ty's gotten better and uh, knows the offense better and, and uh, more comfortable, making good reads. Um, you know, he's made some mistakes as well, but uh, for the most part, he's, he's he's made good reads and thrown to the right guy. So if we do that, there's no reason why we shouldn't throw the ball some. Personally, your second year calling plays, how much more comfortable are you? I know game number one, but you did have the preseason and, and the off season to kind of prepare. How much more comfortable are you in that position? Uh, much more comfortable. Um, you know, we're, we kind of got a combination of uh, Coach Eddie Smolder's offense and uh, Coach Sayers' offense, and then I put my little sprinkles in there as well. 
Um, so putting all that together last year was difficult. I feel much more comfortable this year, you know, with, with what we're going to do. Coach, best of luck this year. Thanks for the time. Thanks. Thanks, Brown. Mountaintop Media is the official live stream provider of Ripley High School Athletics. Mountaintop Media offers a variety of services, including logo design, photography, videography, audiovisual setup, consulting, and web design. If you're beginning your climb to the peak of success, Mountaintop Media has you covered. Mountaintop Media, your vision through our lens. Go to mtmedia304.com to learn more. Volleyball gets its season started this week with a Thursday evening match against the Herbert Hoover Huskies. Brenda Moore is now in her third season as the head coach of the Spiking Vikings. Tell us about the Lady Vikes. Uh, you've got a uh, young uh, young squad. You lost, I believe you told me, seven seniors off of last year's uh, team, and uh, you're replacing them with a lot of young but athletic uh, young ladies that uh, will be asked to step up this year. Yes, we have 21 girls on the team. We only have one senior. We have three returning juniors and two other juniors. We have 10 sophomores and five freshmen, so a very young team. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I know this is not something coaches like, but uh, tell me about your team. Tell me uh, some of the the ladies that uh, you're kind of expecting big things from and uh, maybe uh, somebody that uh, may kind of surprise you and come out of nowhere and and end up uh, being an X factor for you. Well, our varsity starters and players will consist of our lone senior, Brianna Hudson. She'll be one of our outside hitters and a strong server. Uh, junior Sydney Varney's our other outside hitter. She'll also be playing some back row. Um, our two setters are juniors, Olivia Parsons and Bailey Howry. Our two middle hitter blockers are sophomores, Emily King and Sophie Nichols. Our libero is also a sophomore, Josie Ramsey Smith. And one of our defensive specialists, Aaron Ryan, is also a sophomore. So we have several sophomores, juniors, going to be starting and playing on our varsity, as well as several other floaters going back and forth. So you were telling me uh, before we got started about rally scoring. And for those folks who don't really uh, know a whole lot about volleyball, myself included, explain to us uh, what rally scoring is and, and why it was created. All right, so up until the late 90s, I believe, they had, um, we, when a server served was the only time a team could score a point. So to, to pick up the pace of the game and make it a little faster and more exciting, they changed that, I believe, around 2000, maybe 01, and changed it to rally scoring. So now every time a ball is served, somebody gets a point. So if a server steps up and misses their serve, the other team gets a point for that. So, you know, you look at your team uh, and and I, I look at the roster and you've got a lot of young ladies that play multiple sports, uh, some some athletic uh, ladies uh, watching them play, you know, softball and, and basketball and so forth. Uh, you've got some girls that uh, play with some grit, Coach, and, and you know, I, th- I look at Aaron Ryan as one of those people watching her on the basketball court when we did their games last year, 
you know, she does all of the things on a basketball team that may not uh, pop out on the scoring column, but that they help you win. And she seems like one of those girls uh, that could, could be an X factor for you this year. Yes, Erin, um, she's got a lot of hustle. Um, Josie, our libero, Josie Ramsey-Smith, there's several girls. We don't have a lot of size on our team as far as height compared to some other teams that have some six-footers. But, yes, I'm hoping our hustle and teamwork and we can play some scrappy volleyball will make up for that. So you say libero. What is that? Explain that to me. That is one of our defensive players, and she only plays in the back row. So she's like one of our strongest passers. So you open up this week, right? Uh, I think uh, on Thursday at home, be your home opener and your season opener against Herbert Hoover. Yes, you got a tough schedule, Coach. Uh, again, I don't I don't know a ton about uh, volleyball, but when I look down and, and see some of those names, you got some marquee names. Uh, the Huntingtons, the Riversides uh, on that uh, schedule uh, that I'm sure they have a lot of good athletes and, and pretty solid volleyball team. Yep, we played a lot of the Parkersburg teams. Uh, like you said, Huntington, Hurricane, Parkersburg Catholic, they're all going to be tough teams. But I'm hoping we can hang with them. So before we wrap it up, I, I want to get the Viking Nation to fill that arena and watch your young ladies play. Like, I was telling you before we got started, I got roped into watching that volleyball last year when my alma mater was playing in the NCAA uh, National Championship game, and I was really struck by the athleticism, the pace of the game, such an entertaining sport. Uh, Let's get the Viking fans out there to fill up the arena and watch your ladies play. This is a great product. I agree. And after last year when we weren't able to have fans, I think this year would be a great season to come out and support our lady vikings like you said it is a very fast-paced exciting game there's no downtime so i think volleyball is a very exciting sport and i'd like to see some people out supporting our girls coach best of luck this year we'll catch up with you again at some point through the season but thank you so much for taking the time and best of luck to you and the ladies tomorrow night all right thank you very much Viking soccer has a big weekend coming up with a Saturday doubleheader coming up against the University High team out of Morgantown. The girls will play at 11 o'clock. The boys will play at 1 o'clock on Saturday. And we had this conversation with someone who was, his family was instrumental in the early years of Viking soccer. Here's Josh Gerald. Josh, thanks for being with me, bud. Brian, it's good to be here. Can you believe 30 years? I mean, that lead into it uh, (laughs) before we got started here kind of took both of us back a little bit to think that it's been 30 years since Ripley High School uh, started a soccer program. I can't believe that. Actually, I hadn't even thought about it in that term. Um, 30 years is most of my life almost. (laughs) um, Yeah, Yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) I think we're all getting on. That that just puts a puts a button on how old we're getting, I guess. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, navigate off of that as quickly as, as humanly <laughs> possible. Uh, but uh, tell us what you're doing, Josh. Where you are, uh, and uh, where life has taken you since you left Ripley High School. Okay, well, um, I'm up in Morgantown, West Virginia now. I practice law. I'm an attorney at the law firm of Steptoe and Johnson, and I work out of a Bridgeport office. Um, you know, after I graduated high school, I went to WVU, got an undergraduate degree in 
uh, in business, in marketing, and then um, went and worked over in D.C. for about five years and then came back to law school. Um, and I've been practicing since 2009 around the state, uh, you know, Morgantown and Charleston primarily. So um, it's been a good run, but uh, and I still play soccer when I get the chance. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Uh, you know, we got connected back uh, by uh, my longtime friend, Craig Griffith, who uh, was also uh, worked at same law firm. So I, I'm assuming that's how you two connected. But he was telling me, yes, that uh, he thought you were still somewhat involved in playing some soccer. Yeah, you know, um, it, it gets harder, uh, you know, 44 years old now. Um, so my body isn't as strong as it used to be, but yeah, man, when I, when I can, uh, and I've got two kids now, two, two young sons and they, they keep me preoccupied. Um, but when I was down in Charleston and close to Craig, you know, I played basketball with him a lot, but I'd also play soccer routinely. They had a really robust, uh, recreational scene down there. I could play almost year round indoor and outdoor. Um, they had really good facilities and, and good people down there. Morgantown has a great scene too. It's a little, uh, been been a little harder to move into because when we moved to Morgantown, it was the sort of right right before uh, the COVID crisis shut everything down. So um, I'm starting to wind back into it. In fact, we just wrapped up a season up here in the Morgantown Men's League. It's it's a 35 and over co-ed league, but plenty of competitiveness for me. And and really, the goal now is just to run around, get your heart rate up, and and not go home with a catastrophic injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely understand that. You're kind of in the same boat I am. Uh, Craig and I talked a little bit. Uh, you know, we're creeping towards that big 5-0 number, and both of us have toddlers at home. So, uh, you know, that's one of the things that keeps you young as well, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. The 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 whole idea of, of competition, I know it's something that, that never really goes away. It never has for me, and it sounds like it hasn't for you as well. Uh, the getting out there and competing, even if it is a friendly competition uh, and you are just uh, trying to get some cardio in and, and try to keep yourself in some form of health, uh, it still feels great to get out there and compete. Yeah, it does. It kind of never leaves you. You know, I think it, it's seated in that experiences that you have as a as a young, you know, uh, athlete and um, coming up through the ranks in, in Jackson County. I don't know, kind of, it kind of got, um, in my blood, uh, never does leave you. And, um, it's hard to not be competitive, even when you realize if you go a little extra hard on this one run, you're going to really throw your groin out, you know, (laughs) and and that's happened to me, but, um, it's kind of hard to, um, to tell your, you know, listen to your, your brain when your heart tells you to go hard. Um, absolutely. So let's talk about your time at Dear Old Ripley High School. Um, you know, uh, as I said, a 1995 graduate. You were, I believe, a freshman uh, when Paul Woodrum was a senior. And then he was on talking about the first years of soccer at Ripley High School. And uh, uh, I know uh, you were instrumental in that as well. Your, your father, your late father, who just passed away, was a, an assistant coach uh, at that time as well under Bob Miller, who was the head coach. Uh, but your family, uh, pretty in, instrumental in, in soccer at Ripley High School as well. Talk a little bit about that. Well, um, you know, 
soccer in Jackson County, not just at Ripley, um, you know, but countywide when we were young, wasn't very prevalent, obviously. Um, and that soccer team in 19, what was that, 91 or two? Um, yeah, that, 1992. That, when I was a freshman, that was the time it began. Um, and there was, a, I think, a, a push to bring soccer into the high school system that was driven by, um, you know, a, a group of kids that that we came up with um, kind of playing since we were six years old or so. And we played consistently every year, year round um, until we got to high school age. And when we got to high school, um, we had achieved some success. You know, we, we had a team in uh, I think for the under 14s that, that actually won a state championship. And my dad was the coach of that team. And we had a core group of, of friends and, and soccer players that were part of that team um, that all sort of, you know, elevated to the high school level. And, and we didn't have an organized system to go into. So a lot of parts and a lot of people, um, certainly not just my family, many people came together to make that happen. I could never remember all of them and give them all their credit um, to make that, that soccer team a, a thing. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad they did. I think, you know, it, those early years were hard um, because you mentioned Paul. Paul was wonderful. Um, but there was a, there was a group of um, seniors, really, who were bigger, you know, and stronger, um, and many of whom had never played soccer in their lives. And then there was this group of like 14 year olds who were certainly much smaller. I mean, I think I was probably all of 115 pounds at that time. <laughs> and, um, and so there's a big disparity between, uh, that, that team. And it was really funny and I've got a picture of it. I could send to you. Um, but, um, it was, a yeah, it was a really eclectic group. Um, and, um, you know, we had some good players on that team uh, and, and, and Bob, you know, he, he kind of, he was the leader and, and brought us all together. And, and my dad, um, you know, I think brought um, a lot of, of expertise and, you know, just commitment to, to trying to help us learn. We went out and we didn't do very well. You know, that first year or two wasn't a, a rounding success by any measure. Um, but we won some games and we, um, I think we outperformed a lot of people's expectations. It was a lot of fun. So, I mean, I look back on that with extremely fond memory and, um, you know, I'll miss it all the time. It was a good time. I think the success of it, uh, though, Josh, wasn't necessarily the wins and the losses, but the fact that you made it a thing at Ripley High School, and here we are 30 years later. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who didn't want it to happen. I remember it being a little controversial. Um you know, and there there being some some people who, who thought it would detract from other sports, you know, and athletes, and um, and maybe that's true. I don't think it's, I don't think it was true, but you know, having having the soccer outlet at the the high school level was very important, and I think it, it wasn't just Ripley. You know, a lot of places in West Virginia in the early '90s didn't have soccer. It was it was pretty established in the bigger markets, but. Um, at that time, it certainly it was still a very novel sport to a lot of communities, and Jackson County wasn't unique in that regard. 
when you think about your family's involvement at Ripley High School and obviously the condolences with the loss of your father last year, and uh, I know that's been been tough on you and your family as well, but your sister, your twin sister, Whitney, uh, she was an athlete. Your dad coached her as well. Now, now that you look back and, and you look fondly back on the memories of your father and, and what he did uh, for you and your sister in, in athletics, those have to be some really fond memories uh, of you and her and, and him at Ripley High School. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, my dad was a, an amazing dude, and um, he – he really cared about not just um, certainly my sister and, and me, um, and he did did more than I could ever quantify for us. Uh, but he 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 cared about the kids uh, a lot. You know, I got calls from people that I hadn't talked to in in more than thirty years. Um, people from that uh, under fourteen state championship team, the Greyhounds. Uh, contacted me out of the blue uh, to tell me that he impacted their lives and um, I think I think that that was that was really um, satisfying to hear you know he for me it was always like a you know you talk about competitiveness competitiveness he he was an extremely competitive person and he would he would push me so hard that I would get um, extremely frustrated with him you know um, and maybe and, and, and him doing that made me a better player. Uh, and I didn't certainly, you know, appreciate it at the time uh, as much as I do now. So looking back, yeah, man, almost everything that I can think about when I think about my dad, it involves sports in some respects. Um, he, he coached me in soccer and basketball and baseball. He coached my sister in softball and basketball and probably, you know, anything you know and he he never played soccer um but when we were seven and we're like we want to be soccer players he went out and he joined the west virginia soccer association he got into the coaches groups he he started figuring out how the game works you know the science the the technique you know the formations the strategies and and he taught us those things um because he cared so you know, I think about it now because I have two young boys and they're getting a little, well, one of them's getting a little closer to soccer age. He's, he's five, <laughs> five now. The youngest is 11 months. Um, but I hope I could do that. You know, I mean, I, I think about that a lot. Could I ever give them what my father gave me in terms of that um, commitment and um, just, you know, results? And uh, I hope I can because he has a strong legacy. Um, and, and Jackson County, yeah, I mean, it should, it He's should obviously, be part of that story. You know, uh, a lot of people, I mentioned this before, Brian, a lot of people were involved in that, you know, and I'd, I'd, hate, you know, I'd hate to just try to pick people out um, because I'll forget people. But um, there were a lot of people involved in that. And, um, you know, my, but my dad was very involved in helping lead it. He's obviously had a big impact on you, uh, not not just on the athletic field and your sister, but obviously in life in general. You guys have accomplished a lot. I believe your sister is a dentist. Uh, you're an attorney. So uh, you guys have done very well for yourself. And a lot of that obviously has to do with with your family and your father and what what uh, what he meant, what he taught you through those lessons that maybe 
you weren't really enjoying at the time, <laughs> but now as uh, yeah. you know, a guy in his forties, uh, it, it means a lot to you. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you telling that story. I know, I know it's been a tough time for you, uh, but uh, you know, thanks for spending some time with us, man. It was great catching up with you uh, and uh, you know, keep in touch because uh, Ripley soccer is only going to get stronger. I think they've been, thank you. Um, I think they've been really strong um, um, since we left a lot stronger than we were when I was there. So I hope they keep it up. Josh, thanks for spending the time, buddy. Best of luck to you with your young, uh, young boys. And uh, you and I are in the same boat. So maybe we'll start a support group together (laughs) for for old dads, right? Send it to me. I'll be there. (laughs) Thanks, Josh. Best of luck to you and take care. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.